This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here on your favorite radio station of all Chai FM. And welcome to all of our radio family. It's so wonderful to have you on board, especially now uh, following on from the uh, the chief rabbi. That's very much a very tall order to uh, to to follow, but we'll we'll do our best. It's wonderful to have all of you back. I hope everyone had a fantastic, stimulating, and uplifting uh, Shavuos holiday. The whole beautiful weekend with the Shabbos before going right into the Tikkun Leil, and then the two days of of Yantav was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for people to really take advantage of of the situation and and learn some Torah and and, and be inspired. And and if you stayed up all night, that's wonderful. I hope it was a really amazing, fulfilling experience for you, and that the time was used properly and that you you gained and 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 grew and and uh, are inspired to really want to continue because that's what Shavu is about making a commitment making a, a undertaking to sort of better ourselves as Torah Jews to make us more committed more concerned about using our time about learning about dedicating dedicating ourselves in fact I uh, saw that the the reason why uh we have Pashas Nasai that uh, follows immediately after Shavuos. Pashas Nasai, of course, being the longest uh, Pasha in in Psukim, in the, the in the entire Torah, the longest single Pasha in the entire Torah of 176 Psukim is uh, kind of to tell us. Well, okay, you had Shavuos and you committed yourself to uh, to doing more. Here, here's an opportunity. I'll give you the longest Pasha. Get stuck in and and go through it and and really and really grow and really gain really gain uh, 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 from from it. But now we're on the other side of of Shavuos, heading straight uphill through Chodesh. Uh, Sivan, uh, you know, and, and we have some time now to really to yeah to uh, no no other yom tovim yet on the horizon for for a bit of a while. So we have so we have some time to really get stuck in and and do what needs what needs to be uh, to be to be done. Uh, just thought to to share a couple of uh, a couple of ideas with uh, with with you. So sort of just at the uh, uh, finally uh, sort of towards the end. Of the uh, of the pasha, the the after after you read about the the the, the whole pasha of the Saita and the nazir, we get to the second half of the uh, of of the pasha, which describes the day when finally the mishkan is going to be inaugurated, when when it's going to start when it's going to start serving, and and the pas the pasuk in Perik uh, Zayin. Says, it was on the day when Moshe Rabbeinu finished putting up the Mishkan <laughs> for that wonderful sort of glorious day finally finally came uh, after all of Kleisrael's preparations and everyone's involved it's, uh, it finally came the day that Kaleis uh, Moshe where Moshe Rabbeinu was, was putting it up and uh, Moshe had set everything up and he set up the entire Mishkan by He anointed what needed to be anointed by Kadesha and he sanctified, uh, he gave it the Kadusha that it needed to have and it's called Caleb, all the implements that they would use in the Mishkan and the Mizbeach and uh, all of the things that were associated with the, uh, with the Mizbeach. 
And again, Vayim Shochem Vayikadesh Hashem. He he uh, anointed them and he made them made them holy. Rashi says on the words Biyoyim Kalois Moshe. He says that although the word is Kalois uh, with a vav, it's written is without a vav. Chof Lamit Saf, which of course is in itself quite an ish an interesting uh, interesting discussion because the the reality is uh, that in our Sifrei Torah it does have a a, a vav, but that's a, that's a a separate separate issue. But Rashi is, is really really saying that says uh, uh, kala kalos without. A, a vav. So he says, Yemakomas ha Mishkan, says the Rashi says that on the day that the Mishkan was put up, Hoyo Yisrael kekala hanichnas lechupa. The Jewish nation was like a, a kala going into the, the, in, into the chupa of marriage. Uh, Rashi doesn't really explain what the comparison and why is the day the Mishkan is put up considered the, the day of, uh, the day of, uh, of a, of of a wedding, so uh, perhaps uh, and perhaps uh, that it may explain our our minig that when a, when a uh, when a couple is getting married when we have a chuppah, so we spread out a, a usually a piece of uh, cloth over the chosen and cow. It doesn't really have to be. Cloth. It could be wood. It could be a piece of uh, plexiglass or whatever it is. But but still, generally our our minig is to spread a piece of of cloth over the uh, over the chasnakala, uh, and maybe it's to to uh, symbolize that it, it's actually similar to the mishkan. We know that the the roof of the mishkan was not a solid thing. They had uh, ureas. They had different hangings uh, that was made of cloth that was on the roof of the uh, of the of the mishkan so uh, maybe we 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 uh, we put a sort of covering over the chosen kala to to uh, sort of show up this comparison between the chosen kala and uh, and uh, and and the mishkan but what really is the 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 comparison between between the two and how, how do how do we under how do we understand it so uh uh, Rav Shach has a has a letter <coughs> which uh, kind of explains it, and and it, it makes a very nice uh, a very nice uh, a, a vote. Says uh, uh, Rav Shach actually asks this question: What's the connection between Moshe Rabbeinu setting up the Mishkan and a uh, and a Chassan and Kala? So she says, really, the word Kala is spelled Chaf. Lamid hey, which comes from the word, the root of the word is to finish by Yehulu Hashemayim Vaoretz Right? It it, uh, it 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 means something which is finished, something which is which is ending. Right? By Yibiyom Kalois Moshe Mishkan. It was the day that Moshe <coughs> finally finished setting up the the Mishkan. <coughs> So somehow kala is an expression of a finality, of something that's finished. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, some would say, yeah, kala when she gets married, she's finished. No, but that, that certainly, uh, uh, I mean, certainly uh, uh, kala getting married is not finishing. She's, just, she's actually just uh, beginning. She's starting something. 
So says our Shachli, the 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 Yisoid is that in life, every time we complete something, every time we finish something, it really is just the the preparation for a new for a new uh, beginning. When a person uh, completes one sort of period of his uh, of his life, it's just the preparation for beginning. You get to the 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 highest class in in the nursery school and then you start again you start again your your primary school career and then you the whole prep of of primary school and get to the very top and you're you're a big uh, a big deal in 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 the highest uh, in the highest grade be it whether whether it be uh, standard four or standard five whatever whatever it is and then then you go to to high school and you work your way again from the bottom you begin a process and and you get to matric and you finish the process and then you go to varsity or you go to yeshiva either way you become a freshman you become a a youngster just just beginning and you work your way through and you get that degree and then you start again and maybe you do your articles maybe you do your honors and and you work through the process each process then leads to the very very next to the very very next uh uh to the next next process you can't get anywhere without Without and it's and you're learning. You start with with chumash and then you you move on to to uh, to 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 mishnayis. And when you start chumash, it's amazing. You have a whole a whole uh, big uh, deal, and and they give you a chumashim. There's a big uh, and there's a big uh, uh, suda, and, and and they're very proud. But you don't stay with that. If a person just stays with learning his little bit of chumash as he does in the in in, in the grade, in, they they move on, right? They they complete. The course, so to speak, in how to learn Chumash, and then they move on to to Mishnah. Everything you complete is uh, is uh, which which is an ending, but that ending uh, is really just to prepare you for a new a new beginning, right? Uh, an ending is a beginning. Le, 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 the, the two, right? It it it's uh, and that's a very very uh, and that's a very very important. Lesson: Nothing ever comes comes to a to a to an end. That uh, you know, uh, uh, we we we, uh, we we say very rast. We said it in last week's haftorah. Very rastachli la'elam. We ask Hashem to be uh, engaged to us for forever. And obviously, the question is why? Why? Why do you want to be engaged to Hashem? Uh, uh, forever, you know, sure, engagement is a is a stressful time of preparation. You know, we want to be married to Hashem. Why do we say? Why do we say uh, 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 engagement? So the reality is that that uh, the the courtship of an engagement doesn't really end over here. You know, when when a man courts a woman, a man is dating a, a, a woman, and they get engaged, and then she becomes a cow again. It's just part. Of a process, the whole purpose of veirastic, the whole purpose of engagement is for a new beginning, you know, for for a new uh, a new uh, call it call it aschala on 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 a whole new uh, higher higher level. That's that's the way Jews work. That is that is really our avodas avodas Hashem, and that then perhaps is the comparison to to the mission. The Jewish nation, Klaisol, was so heavily involved in, in preparing the Mishkan and bringing all the things and, and making sure it happened and, and being involved in the artisanship and, and building of all things 
and and they were very very uh, excited and, and enthusiastic about the whole thing. And now it's all built. All their efforts come to an end. Everything is there. Everything is is standing standing in its place. But that end, the end of stage one of the construction of the preparation of the putting together of the Mishkan is just that. It's the end of a stage, but the beginning of, of another one. I mean, everyone understands that if you build the Mishkan, okay, so you put up the Mishkan, you got it already, and, and yeah, but sure, surely the whole point of getting the Mishkan up and, and getting it ready is so now we can start to make use of the Mishkan. That surely is the very next uh, step. So too, says Achos uh, and Kala. So when they come to, to the Chuppah, yes, it's, it's, it's the end of one stage, the end of the, of the engagement, but it's a really a new, a new, uh, a new, a new beginning. Uh, Rav Shvab, I think in, in, in Zaysa Brocha, says Mamish the same, the same idea regarding a siyum, when we finish a, a portion of learning, when we finish a masechta, when we finish learning something. So we make, we make a, a, a siyum. Now, people, or sometimes uh, you hear people say, I don't, I don't want to make a seam. Yes, I, I, went, I went through it, but did I really learn it properly? Did I, do I know this, uh, this Masechta very, very well? And then, you know, I can only make a seam if I, like, acquired it, if I was coined it. But, uh, you know, our learning isn't necessarily on such a level where we, we, we acquire something where Yumamish becomes ours. And therefore, they don't want to make, they don't want to make a seam. Rav Shab explains there that the idea of a of a of a of a siyum is always the concept, as we say in the Adasiyum, Hajun Allah, we're gonna come back. The whole idea of a siyum is we're gonna start, we're gonna start again. Right? Before you learn a masechta the first time, you don't know anything about it. You don't know what the terms are, you don't know what the, the different halachas are. It's it's new and, and, and foreign to to uh, to to all of us. But when you finish it, so now, oh, now I can start something else. Now I already have some knowledge. I already have some insight. I already have some understanding. Now I can begin, I can begin again, or I can do something else and then come back to it later. Every ending is really a preparation for, for a new, for a new beginning. And, and he brings a, a proof. Ashar brings a, a proof of this. He says that when, uh, when a person makes a suda, when a person makes a meal, for for uh, a a siyum. so where's the where's the source for making a siyum, uh after having learned something? So Chazal said we learn it from Shleim Melech. Shleim Melech made a a huge mishter. When did he make this 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 feast? He made it after he had this dream, in which uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised him. Great chachma, great, uh, great wisdom. Why is why is that? Why does it make a siyum? That's not that's not a siyum. You you got the you got the the wisdom. What what did you finish? What ended? We we always understand siyum is when you finish something. So he says the on the answer is is that everything is a preparation for something new. The siyum is now I have the wisdom and now. The beginning is, well, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to use this? How am I going to use it to enhance my, my role as the king, my, my role as the leader, as the, as the, as the judge of, 
of Kleiser, what am I going to do with it? It's always a preparation for something, for something uh, new. For Shlomo Melch, receiving the Chokhmah was a preparation for, for, uh, for, uh, you know, for actually doing something. Chaim <laughs> Briska always, always said that, uh, we talk about someone who's a Lamden. He says, a Lamden is not someone who knows how to learn, right? Just like a, a, a Gazlan. We don't call a Gazlan someone who knows how to steal, right? Gazlan is someone who who does, who goes and steals. So to a, a, a Lamdan is someone who actually sits and learns. You can you can sort of know how to learn. You can go through school and, and get skills and how to learn Chumash and how to learn Gemara, but it's all a preparation. Right? But it has to be you know, moving forward, it has to be it has to be used. That's why Hibayim just like when a, when a kala goes to the chuppah, it's the beginning, it's the end of one stage, the end of the courting, the end of the engagement, and the beginning of, of, of life together, the, the, the building, beginning of building an amazing house together, and a family, and, 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 a, and the heritage of, of, of Kleisel, so, so to everything that we have, so to the Mishkan, and so to all of our Baruch Hashem, is termination of one, of one stage, and the beginning, the beginning of uh, of of another, and that's that's an incredible lesson, especially after Shavuot. So we've taken we've taken this on, we've taken on what we're going to do for this year. We've made we've made commitments. We've decided to to uh, to improve to improve ourselves, and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and and we, we we travel on with that, and we've we've made the beginning. Now we have to now we have to utilize utilize it. As well as as well as uh, as we can, just one more little thought. While we have a minute or two, the the at the end the, the Torah brings the all the carbonot of the uh, of the nesiim and, and and it goes to great great detail and and writes it uh, each one each each gift all even though they're exactly the same it writes each of them twelve twelve uh, times and and. The, the, the idea is what, what 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 is it? Why why are we being told about what each one one brought? And you know the 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 reality is that there are two kinds of gifts that people people give. Sometimes you give a gift because you have to. You know, it's 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 called a duty bound in, in in society. It's accepted that if you receive a certain thing or you're in a certain situation, you have to you have to give give a gift. But it really is then a gift that one's giving to kind of be Yitzhazah. I'm doing it because I have to, and I'll do what I can. And the reality is I'll probably do the minimum. I won't do any more than I have to. Uh, the second type of gift is a gift one gives out of love, One a uh, gift one gives out of really having a, a deep sense of appreciation for what one has received. And the difference is the telling point between one and the other is is how much one gives, not necessarily how expensive it is, but how much thought one puts into it, how much desire one has to really make it 
to really make it nice. The point of, of telling us the gifts of all the Nisim was to show us how much effort, how much they were doing it, as opposed to the mistake they made previously when the donations to the Mishkan be made, where they, they kind of waited and they didn't show their overflowing love. Here they went out of their way to make it beautiful, to make it count, to make a, their, their, each one's gift a show of their incredible appreciation of the status they had been given of the situation that they were in and of the joy they had at being part of this whole new project of building of building the Mishkan. After the break, we're going to come up back with uh, further discussion about the laws of a child on Shabbos. This is 101.9 Chai FM on Soul to Soul on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. We are back here on Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon on a quite a summary uh, Friday afternoon here, and it may be May, it may be the middle of winter, or almost the middle of winter, but it's a beautiful, beautiful day, and I hope your Friday afternoon preparations are proceeding in a sunning way, in a beautiful way, with no no hitches, no no difficulties, no challenges. May the Rabbanu Shalom send you, make it easy for us. Sometimes, yeah, yes, we do sometimes have uh, have uh, challenges and difficulties, but. Uh, Sometimes, but please God, it goes it goes well, and everything comes out the way you want it to come out, and everything is uh, as yummy and delicious as as you want it to be. Uh, just the important details of this week's Shabbos. It is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Nosoi, uh, and the important times are candlelighting. This uh, week is no later than seven minutes past five. We're almost at the earliest point. I think we might get maybe a minute or two earlier uh, next week, but we're sort of cranking to the to the uh, earliest earliest time. 5.07 is the latest time for for lighting candles. The earliest time is probably about 4.18 so you can uh, you can light earlier if you are if you are ready or if you're going out or you need to need to do it then. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 5.58, two minutes before 6, which also is just about as early as it's going to uh, as it's going to get. Maybe, again, we'll squeeze another one or two minutes earlier than uh, than uh, than that. Uh, as I said, it is Pashas Nasai, and we have a special Haftarah about the birth of, of Shimshon, the, the Nazir, which, of course, connects to the... Uh, to the uh, to the Pasha and to please God, it's going to be an amazing, amazing Shabbos. We we were discussing before, before Shavuot, we were discussing the laws of children as regards uh, a Shabbos. We discussed where and when the uh, age of beginning to educate a child, and in terms of what, in terms of the positive mitzvahs, in terms of uh, uh, allowing him to do things that are. Uh, perhaps forbidden on Shabbos, or and, and and or stopping him from doing them if he's doing it if he's doing it himself. Today I wanted to touch on the question. Well, okay, who has this obligation to make sure that our children are, are not doing anything they shouldn't be doing on uh, on uh, on on Shabbat? Uh, on on whom falls the the responsibility of of ensuring that the child is getting this? Uh, this uh, education, and then who would then need to 
protest and and uh, and discipline the child if in fact he is doing something uh, that he shouldn't uh, be doing on uh, on on Shabbos. So many of the uh, of the commentaries express the the opinion that the obligation of of uh, educating a child in in uh, these areas of the of the do of the do's and particularly the the don'ts uh, falls on both parents, the father and the mother, uh, equal equally. That 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 in fact is the opinion of the of the Truma Sadeshan, that education of a child is like all other things in marriage a shared project, and everyone has to pick up the the cudgels and uh, and run with it. However, in fact, most of the other, although although Truman Sadeshin is one of the earliest commentaries, and 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 his words carry weight, but the reality is that most of the other halachic authorities uh, uh, hold that really the the obligation of education is incumbent only on the uh, on the, on the father, and a father has this uh, uh, as the need as the as the requirement to educate his children to teach them how to do how to do uh, how to do uh, mitzvahs in other words that uh, if he sees them uh, doing something wrong if you see something and already at the age where they where they have the ability to understand right from wrong and he sees them doing something that's against the halacha so he would have the obligation to protest against them doing something forbidden and uh, he has the right to make demands and and to sort of uh, use whatever means he can. Obviously, much better to use persuasion and 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 discussion and uh, and you know trying to appeal to the child's understanding of of what is right and why he should do it and why why Jews do the things we do. But it becomes uh, his then responsibility to uh, ensure that the, that the children keep the uh, the the uh, the mitzvah, and and this really is. I mean, why is it uh, why is it somehow uh, channeled by way of the of the father? Because really, uh, teaching and educating to do to do mitzvahs is very very much part and parcel of the obligation of teaching a child of teaching a child Torah, and we know that the obligation to teach Torah, as the Gemara and Kedushin says. Uh, is is an obligation that uh, falls squarely on the shoulders of the uh, of of the father, right? To learn from learn from uh, from Pesukim that you have an obligation to to teach teach your sons, uh, uh, but obviously it, it goes almost without saying. Although the obligation is on the father, it would it would seem obvious that the mother also. Plays a a, uh, a a you know seminal role in this in the in this process, and that she would also uh, sort of behind the scenes certainly be part of this obligation to educate her children to Torah to Torah and uh, and and mitzvahs because uh, you know the the if if a if even if a mother if a mother really loves her children. And she's a woman who who seeks the truth and and wants them to to become uh, upstanding and hopefully uh, outstanding uh, citizens and 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 uh, and mention. So that already uh, obligates everyone 
to educate her, the children, in this case her children, to to stick to Torah, to, to live a disciplined kind of Torah uh, uh, lifestyle, and, and to guard all the uh, the uh, the mitzvahs. And in fact, uh, you know, generally, it becomes to a great extent the the role of of the mother being as uh, generally uh, she is more available. She spends more time with the children than than the father does. The father is at uh, at work or whatever it is that uh, the father is uh, is involved in. While the mother is in in many cases primarily uh, uh, centered at uh, at home, and therefore on a more regular basis, she's going to be the one. You know, on an event by event uh, basis, prodding and encouraging uh, uh, children to do the right thing, to make the bracha, to to uh, to be kind, to do all the things that uh, that mitzvahs uh, mitzvahs need to be done. But but uh, the uh, the ultimate responsibility for for the chinuch, you know, to make sure that it's exact and make sure that the children are are, are, are dominating and such. That that of course remains on the uh, on the uh, on on the father. We're going to come back with a few further comments in our last segment, but please stay tuned. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9, this is Soul to Soul. We are back for the last few minutes. Uh, So the overall obligation falls on the father. Obviously, if there is no father available, whatever, the father is no longer alive, God forbid, or he is no longer present in the house, then the the obligation would then shift to to the to the mother to raise her children in the uh, and she would have to take then the ultimate responsibility for for being careful that children keep the the mitzvah. So so if it is then the uh, the overall the father's obligation, all things being equal. So therefore, if one has a situation. Uh, that a child who is, let's say, six or seven years old already, certainly at the age of 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 a chinuch, is busy uh, playing with his toys and I don't know, doesn't want to come to hear kiddush or hear havdalah or he doesn't want to to bench at all. So then it's it's the father's role to uh, take the child to task in order that he should uh, be educated and and learn that these things are are important. Uh, sometimes a, a mother is allowed to uh, take the softer, softer approach and not and not come down and not come down so uh, so uh, so hard hard on her because uh, a mother's obligation is to preserve the 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 calm the the equanimity the, the the close relationship that the children have with her that's also very very important. Uh, obviously, if the father is not around and not available, so then the mother fa- finds herself in the incredibly difficult role of being both a mother and a father and trying to, you know, sort of be, uh, use the right hand to bring close and to caress and to, and to show love and affection, but at the same time to discipline and to, uh, and to, uh, get them involved in, uh, in, uh, in mitzvahs. If if parents unfortunately are not doing the job and are not strong enough in educating their 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 children and they don't they don't protest they don't stop children when they are uh, doing things that are against the Torah, so Allah says that uh, the uh, the based in or the representatives of the uh, 
of the uh, of the community. So then, those who are ultimately responsible for for the education, so they would need then to protect. They would need then to uh, uh, condemn the parents for their lackadaisical. Uh, uh, attitude that they're, that they're not doing their job in uh, in uh, in in looking after their 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 children, and that would that would be a that would be a, an important thing to 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 do and and tell them that uh, they have to pull up the socks, and uh, yeah, if if they don't, then they can't uh, be surprised if the children don't turn out the way uh, the way they would uh, the way they would uh, they would want to. Um, Right. Uh, oh, so so now the 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 other thing the 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 uh, all the Allah authorities uh, have a discussion. If let's say, if you see uh, a child of of a friend or a colleague that has now reached the age of uh, education, he is six or seven years old, and he is doing something wrong. Let's say, God forbid, he's breaking. He's breaking Shabbos, or someone like that is eating not non-kosher. Does a outsider have an obligation to interfere, to get involved, and stop the child, or is it something that solely evolves on the uh, on the uh, on the parents, and outsiders can uh, can can take a back take a back seat? They certainly don't have an obligation to stop the child from doing doing a uh, a forbidden. Some say no. There's a concept of kol yisrael aravim Every there's an interpersonal responsibility for every single Jew, and therefore we have to see to it that every child has the opportunity to to uh, to keep to keep the Torah. And even if it's not our child, we have to take a we have to take a, a stance. What do we do practically? So many of the uh, of the latter day poskim come to the to the uh, Conclusion that if a an adult sees a child doing something that goes against the Torah, uh, once he wants to turn on a light or something or whatever it is or uh, clean his clothing on on Shabbos or eat non uh, non kosher, so you would have an obligation to stop him from from that. But those are only because those are Torah obligations. But if one did a a rabbinic one saw a child doing a uh, a rabbinic obligation, uh, whatever whatever it might uh, it might be. Let's say he's touching something muktzah on on Shabbos. Then perhaps a a another adult wouldn't have the obligation to uh, to 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 stop him. But certainly, if the child is doing something consistently again and again and again, and no one's stopping, even even though it may be only a rabbinic. A rabbinic uh, uh, prolongation, so then one certainly should point that out to his parents, so they can take they can take a, a stand against it. It's based on on a, a pasuk in the Torah that says that uh, you can't stand by when your uh, friend's blood is being spilt, and that that's that that applies in a in a physical way. That no one should be damaged, but it, it applies to uh, to spirituality also. That one cannot uh, stand by and, and watch someone in a situation where God forbid they're going to be doing uh, they're going to be doing averot, uh, uh, and and uh, and that in fact the Sefra says it's it's a physical and spiritual obligation to to save your 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 children and. Uh, yeah, and that uh, that is an age-old 
age-old discussion between between the different different poskim, and, and it needs a little bit more clarification. I hope next week we can come back and talk a little bit more about this. But in the meantime, the clock, as always, is against us. It's time for the 3, three o'clock news. I want to just thank you all for joining us and being part of our radio family today. And I want to take the opportunity to wish each and every one of you a, a wonderful Shabbat. If you have any, any ideas, questions, uh, criticisms, please don't hesitate to get in touch. We want this program to be as user-friendly as, as possible. Thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing yourselves to be inspired. And I want to wish each and every one of you a good Shabbos.